Good morning. It is Monday, December the 7th. I am Father Jason Emerson. I am up with a cup, and this is the Crack of Dawn podcast. So I want to tell you a story this morning. This is the story of my first experience of the Episcopal Church. As many of you know, I'm an Episcopal priest, but I didn't grow up within the Episcopal Church. I'm not what they call a cradle Episcopalian. I grew up uh, Southern Baptist. My father is a retired Southern Baptist pastor, preacher mainly. Some days I'll tell you some stories about him. I want to talk to you about the first time I ever experienced the Episcopal Church. I was a freshman in college. I'd never heard the word Episcopal, and I didn't learn to spell it for years. But uh, I was a freshman in college in the fall of 1994, and I was a pledge for Phi Alpha Symphonia Music Fraternity. And my big brother said, show up in front of the music building Saturday night, dress nice. And I was like... Okay. And it was pretty far along in the pledge process. I was pretty used to just, when they said something like that, you just did it, right? Didn't really think much about it. So I showed up and um, there was only like one other pledge there. I don't remember who that was. And then my big brother, Morris Hamby, showed up and another one of the brothers, uh, Mason Smith, who we called Moose, of course. What's a fraternity without a moose? Um, they both showed up and said, all right, hop in the car. And we didn't know where we we're going or what we we're doing. Uh, but we drove from Murfreesboro, Tennessee to Swanee um, on Mont Eagle Mountain. And uh, it's kind of on the verge, on the edge between southeast middle Tennessee and western corner of East Tennessee. So it's, it's kind of the dividing line between Middle Tennessee and East Tennessee, but at the very southern uh, part of the state. And we drove up to the University of the South and um, at Swanee, and they have a huge stone chapel at the school. I didn't know at the time that it was it's an Episcopal school, an Episcopal college owned by the Episcopal Diocese in these in this area. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know anything. I was a freshman in college. We pulled up to this stone chapel. And I was like, what are we doing here? And he said, we're going to lessons and carols. I had no idea what he was talking about. Uh, but there's a line out the door. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so we get inside, and, and we were kind of late, but I, somehow we ended up sitting right up close to the front. I don't know how that happened because the room was overflowing. I think they may have just stuck some extra chairs up because they had extra people showing up. The room was overflowing. And it turns out the Lessons and Carols at Swanee is world-renowned. It's on a level that it was kind of shocking to find in a fairly isolated part of Tennessee up on Mont Eagle Mountain. Um, so, you know, we get in there, we sit down, and oh my Lord, the music you know, I was 18 years old. I had never been in a stone church. You know, I'd been in church 
all my life, but you know, it's rural, small churches and never one of these like big, huge stone churches. So I, that just the architecture was overwhelming me. And then the music on top of it, and I was a music student. So, you know, I'm hearing music in a much different way after having been in school for a little bit and, um, was just floored. It's like the sound oozed from the stone. The choir was spectacular, um, you know, blending tone and volume. And of course their pitch was, uh, on point and it was just exquisite, just exquisite. I don't remember anything about the readings. The service of lessons and carols is nine readings. Um, and the Advent lessons and carols sort of lead you up to the birth of Jesus. They don't quite go into the birth, but they, you know, the, the readings start with Genesis and the fall and progress through salvation history. I know that now. I couldn't tell you that from memory of this service because I was just mesmerized with the music. And I remember in the soprano section of the choir, there was this strawberry blonde that I thought was an angel descended from heaven. I swear I fell in love. Never met her, never, don't know what happened to her, don't know anything it didn't want to, because it was just an image of perfection. She didn't sing a solo or anything. She was uh, in the soprano section, and but I swear uh, that to my little 18-year-old self that I was having a vision of divine beauty um, in that moment. Now that was 26 years ago, and last night I got to watch Lessons and Carols. Of course, with COVID, they weren't able to gather and have a big celebration um, in All Saints Chapel up at Swanee. So they put together a video version, and they did an awesome job of it, as always. The choir was still good. I mean, still more than good. Uh, fantastic. The music was uh, exquisite and um, they were able to because they did a pre-recorded video they were able to incorporate uh, different people at the seminary instead of having just one reader they would have several people reading um, and they used different parts not just faculty but also staff in different divisions of the school uh, for the readings and uh, they did a great job and it was equally uplifting but it was an amazing experience all those years ago, sitting there enamored with the music and uh, and snorkeled by that strawberry blonde in the soprano section. I didn't realize that next thing I know, I would be an Episcopal priest and actually a student at Swanee now. I'm working on a doctorate in preaching uh, at Swanee all these years later. And it's amazing what roads our lives take and what the smallest of experiences do to influence that, especially experiences of beauty and grace. I know in this time of COVID, we've been at it for a long, long time, and we're all tired. I am tired. I'm tired of setting up video cameras and trying to coordinate a live stream in order to have church. I'm tired of not getting to regularly see people in my congregation. I'm tired of not knowing when my kids are going to be able, it'll be safe for my kids to go back into a school building. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of all of it. And I know we all are. 
in the midst of that. It might be harder to seek, but we still have to seek beauty and grace and art. Because when we engage with things of extreme beauty, our soul is renewed and refreshed. And we are inspired to keep going even when things seem interminable. We are reminded that there is more. There is more than what we know, more than what we see, more than what we experience. When we engage with exceptional art, we are inspired to keep seeking that beyond, that great beyond where we encounter the divine. So I encourage you to keep seeking art even in this time, even in this long, challenging time. Keep seeking beautiful and wonderful art. And if you're so inclined, make beautiful, wonderful art. And it need only be beautiful to you. It doesn't have to be the next great Instagram sensation. It may just be something that uplifts you. That's good. That's excellent. Do that. So that's my thought this morning. If you've been listening on the Apple podcasts, I would really appreciate a rating and review. Um, And definitely appreciate a five-star rating and positive review. And uh, that would help out the podcast a bit. That's my thought this morning. I hope you keep your eyes and heart open to the love of God, which is at work in the world. And I hope you remember, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Thank you.